Good morning, class. Good morning, Brother Keith. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. Hallelujah. Nothing's too hard for God. Regardless of how tough something you've been dealing with may have been, how long it may have been that way. Defeat is not God's plan for you. It is not. He's the one who always causes us to triumph. And the key to it is our faith. Scripture said uh, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. You don't get faith by talking about the problem or by looking at the problem are by talking about what you don't have, what you can't do, what you don't know. Focusing on darkness and ignorance and lack and problems, that only causes the darkness to increase. And you'll find that it results in unthankfulness. Unthankfulness. But in His light, we see light. We get light. If you'll just stop, magnifying the problem. Stop talking about how bad it is and begin to thank God for something, uh, even the smallest things. Are you still breathing? Check. <laughs> right? <laughs> thank God. Brain's still working. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. <laughs> you know, even if you've got some issues, I assure you, there's a lot of things you could th be thankful for. And you know the one who knows the way out, who knows the answers and can fix anything. And if you start being thankful, not for the problem, but for the answer, start being thankful for every good thing that you do have and are enjoying, in that light, you will get more light. It will lead you into seeing the answer to the things that you didn't know. So let's release faith for that today. Father, all of us agree together is touching this, asking you for the anointing, for the utterance, for the direction, for this light, more light, and direction and answers for today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Everybody pray it out loud. Say, Lord, Lord enlighten, the enlighten the eyes of my heart, my, heart. my mind. My understanding. my understanding. Add to me, Add to me. Excellent, light excellent light for my life right now. And I purpose to walk in the light. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. The light enables you to see. And um, what happens is when the Lord gives you light, Maybe you didn't know the answer, you were all confused, and in all at once, you see it. You see the answer. You know what to do. You know the solution. 
That's light. And so we just asked for it, and he's given it. It's coming. Hallelujah. It's working, even in this class right now today. In Hebrews 3, our text on our series that we're calling Overcoming Unbelief, there's a warning and an admonition. Let's read it again, verse 7, Hebrews 3, 7. As the Holy Spirit says, today, if you will hear his voice, and that, that reveals you don't have to. He's saying, if you do, if you will, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, saw my works forty years, wherefore I was grieved with that generation, and said, they do always err in their heart, and they've not known my ways. You don't want to accept anybody's religious idea of who and what God is. You must know him for yourself. And you don't want to just only know about what he has done. You want to learn his ways. His ways. What he likes, what he doesn't like. What he loves, what he hates. What's valuable to him, what's worthless to him. So go ahead and pray that out loud if, if that's your heart. Say, Father God. I want to know you more. I want to know your ways. Enlighten my eyes so that your priorities become my priorities. Your values, my values. Your ways, my ways. Work in me to do this, I pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And uh, the big thing is that when you see something that's his way and it hasn't been your way, then it's time to change. Is that right? And you've got to be willing to change, even if it's something that you've been all your life when you learn, well, no, he didn't like that. That's not the way he does it. Well, it's time to change. change. Me to change. He's not going to change. He doesn't need to change. And that's how we become more like him is in us seeing him and changing into that same image that we're beholding. Verse 12, he said, take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. And he kept on saying, don't be hardened. Verse 15, don't harden your hearts. And they couldn't enter in because of the unbelief. He ends up in verse 19. And what we've done in this series, and you can go online to faithschool.org and get it from the very beginning, we talked about what unbelief is. And the reason we're spending so much time on it is because the New Testament tells us to. We just got through reading in Hebrews 3, 1 Corinthians 10, that whole chapter deals with this, cautioning us, admonishing us, warning us, holding up this example of their failure and their failure to enjoy God's plan and will because of this unbelief. So we want to understand it. We want to know what it looks like, what it sounds like, what it feels like, so that the moment it starts, we shut it down. We don't let ourselves get, no matter who around us starts yielding to unbelief, we can be strong and we can stay in faith and live by faith. 
and walk by faith, which is confidence and trust in our God. So a lot of scripture is given on this. And there were 10 main uh, events that led up to what we read there in Hebrews 3 when the Lord said, they're not going to enter into my rest. That didn't happen just overnight or one or two situations. Over those 10 events, and uh, you, you can go online and see all of them. The first one was there at the Red Sea. Then at the waters of Marah was the second. Then it was at the um, wilderness of Zin. There was the manna test. There was the Sabbath test. There was Rephidim. What happened at Sinai. Uh, Tabera. There's Kadesh Barnea. And that we just read about that just a few classes ago. To where the Lord said, how long will it be until they believe me? Until they trust me? And the answer was, never. Which is why he said, well, basically, I'm not dealing with this anymore. Uh, you keep saying you're going to die out here in the wilderness. You can have what you say. But, even at that, the mercy of God, he said, but, your, your children that you said were going to be destroyed in the land of Canaan, I'm going to bring them in. Hallelujah. The mercy of God, isn't it? The mercy. He's always so merciful, but he won't make you obey. He won't make you believe or listen. And so what happened even after that, we read in, in Numbers 14. Go ahead and turn back there to the 14th chapter again. We saw what happened there and how that uh, when he says, how long will it be before they believe me, before they, uh, before they trust me? And obviously the answer was it wouldn't matter how many opportunities they had. They're not going to. And that's only he knows concerning every human being that lives on the planet. Uh, this life down here is the shortest thing we will ever do. It is the briefest thing we will ever do. The Bible said a thousand years with the Lord is like a day. And a day like a thousand years. Um, we, we don't have that perspective at all. We think a hundred years is an enormous amount of time. But that's only a tenth of a thousand Right? And if you broke that into a 24-hour period, then, you know, 100 years would be like 2.4 hours, a couple of hours from God's perspective. So our entire, and most people don't live to be 100, but if you lived 100 years to God, and he's the one who's seeing it right, it's like you have a couple of hours to decide who you're going to be, what you're going to be, who you're going to trust. If you're going to trust your creator or not. Or if like the devil, like his bunch, and like millions of people who've come and gone on this planet before, if you decide you will not, that you refuse 
to bow your knee and you rebel against him. How many opportunities should you get throughout your life? 70, 80, 90, 100, 120 years. How many opportunities should you get to hear the gospel? How many times? Well, I don't know. You don't know. When a person gets to the point where they're never going to believe, they're never going to change. But God knows. He does know. He knows the heart, which is why he is the only righteous judge that is qualified. And there's coming a time, Revelation talks about it, the great throne, white throne judgment, and the books will be opened and all the dead will be judged. And uh, only those whose names were found in the Lamb's book of life get to be with him and stay with him forever. But all of those are those who during this little brief time down here chose to trust him, chose to acknowledge the truth that he did make us. He did create the heavens and the earth. We didn't make ourselves, and we couldn't save ourselves. but he sent us a savior. Hallelujah. And that we without a gun to our head, without anybody twisting our arm, we willingly bow our knee to the Lordship of Jesus. Hallelujah. And confess Him as Lord. That's what determines going into eternity past all this, who are His, who are not His. And if you don't want Him, and you decide to rebel against him, then you have decided to join the rebel bunch. And that's the devil. And his cra- there's only one other place to go. There's only one other group to be a part of. And people brag about it and mock about it and say, well, I'd, I'd rather rule in hell than to serve in heaven. You ain't going to rule anywhere. It's utter stupidity. And if these people could visit hell for about 10 minutes, when they got back and stopped screaming, they'd never say such a stupid thing again. Ain't nothing funny about any of this. People act like that because they don't think it's real. They don't think there's a God. They don't think there's a heaven. They don't think there's a hell. And how would you know? You never died yet. You never left yet. (laughs) But you're going to find out. You're going to find out. And it's not about knowing enough or being smart enough or being good enough. It's about being honest. What do you know in your heart? And being honest about that your heart knows. Deep calls to deep. Your heart knows you didn't make yourself. You didn't give yourself breath and life. Your heart knows when it hears this gospel, that's true. That's truth. That's right. And if you'll humble yourself and be honest and acknowledge him, you will be in the family of God forever. Hallelujah. And your future is amazing, astounding. It will be exceeding abundantly above anything you ever thought. It will be out of this world. (laughs) 
So in case somebody hadn't said it, let's say it right now. Affirm it or reaffirm your faith. Say, I, I believe in God, believe in the, creator the creator of the heavens and the earth. And, the earth. and I believe in his son, in the, son. Savior the, the Savior of the world. Jesus, Jesus I, receive you, I receive you and I yield myself to you. I submit to your Lordship and what you've done for me on the cross and that you've been raised from the dead. I believe it and you are the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and you are my Lord. Thank you for saving me. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you do that, what we just did, you will be saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you are saved and you will be saved throughout the eons to come. And that's because of faith, not unbelief, not rebellion. Now, there, even though you and I did that, we know that there are many that would hear what I just said and they mock at it. They scoff at it. They act like we're just poor, ignorant folks that need the crutch of religion. Well, you got a short time to keep laughing. And then it's all going to be over. But aren't you glad that you're not lost today? <laughs> Woo! Oh! Mm. Well, we saw these ten events leading up to Kadesh Barnea when the spies came back and ten of them brought back a slanderous report of the land. God said, it's a good land. It flows with milk and honey. They said, no, it's a bad land that will eat you up and, and kill you. But Joshua and Caleb had another report. Is that right? And you talk about one in a million. That's literally what they were. There's some two million people there. And two out of that two million, believed that God could do it, that he would do it. And when that whole generation of age 20 and up wandered around out there for 40 years and died and never went to the promised land, Caleb did and Joshua did. Hallelujah. Because they had another spirit. Hallelujah. They had the spirit of faith instead of the spirit of fear. Well, when this happened, and they all left Kadesh Barnea, and they're going back into the desert now, uh, this is not the end of the story. There are five other major events that happened after that. And here's the next one, number 11, chapter 16. Number 16, this is the 11th event in our study. It said, Korah the son of Izhar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, and Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, and On, the son of Peleth, the sons of Reuben, took men. And they rose up before Moses with certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation, men of renown. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron, and said unto him, You take too much on you, 
seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Wherefore then lift you up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord. Now this is a, a coup. This is a, a major uprising. 250 of the, the well-known leaders led by Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. And they oppose publicly Moses and Aaron. And this is their complaint. Let me paraphrase a little bit. Who do you think you are? Huh? Who put you in charge? Anybody know the answer to that? <laughs> now, how did this happen? These are not a people of no accomplishment. 250 princes of the assembly, famous people, people, men of renown, they're accomplished individuals, they're known leaders. You, you might ask the question, you know, how did this happen? Well, how did it happen that the enemy, the devil, led a rebellion and that he convinced even other angels to rebel and defy God? That almost seems like that couldn't happen, doesn't it? You think, well, how in the world could you convince somebody that you could be successful uh, leading a rebellion against God. That how many think that sounds like a non-starter, right? Like, like that ain't never going to work. But they must have believed it, or they wouldn't have done it. And here you begin to see how subtle, how conniving, how convincing the devil is. We're warned about his subtlety. His craftiness. And here, is Moses a bad man? The Bible said, if you just back up a, a few chapters to the 12th chapter of Numbers, it said, he was the meekest man on earth. He was, you could not find a more humble man on the planet in his generation. And we know he's handpicked by God himself. God chose him. God had to uh, talk him into it. You remember when he was in the burning bush there on the backside of the desert? And, and he said, come, you know, I'm sending you to Pharaoh. And Moses said, oh, you, you don't want me. I, I can't talk good. And of course, do you understand there's posters in Egypt with my face on it. I'm a wanted man over there. And you, you know, you need to send somebody else. And it was not Moses' idea. And finally, the Lord had to get straight with him. He, he, he said, uh, who made man's mouth? And I'll send Aaron to help you, and, and, but you, you're going. And, and so he submitted, and he went. And, and every time he showed up at Pharaoh's court, he's putting his life in his hands, right? From the natural standpoint, 
you wouldn't, you, you realize there's about as much chance of you dying as, it, as coming out of there. But he did it over and over and over again. And these people have griped about him at every turn. And he has still, when they are in danger of being judged and wiped out, he's the one who hits his face in the ground and says, please, God, have mercy on them. Did they have a better friend in the earth than Moses? And this is the thanks he gets. Why are we talking about this class? This is what unbelief looks like. It's rebellious, it's defiant, it's disobedient. Can you see, unbelief is unthankful. Unthankful and disrespectful. You know, the scripture says, you find this repeatedly in Proverbs, that the beginning of knowledge is the fear of the Lord. The beginning of of understanding, the beginning of wisdom is the fear and reverence of God. We'd say today, uh, fear is actually the correct word. It's the right word. It includes the idea of reverential awe and what we'd call respect, honor, respect. And what he's saying in these verses, you don't even begin to know anything or understand anything until you show God some respect. That's where it begins. That's where it starts. You, you make fun of this book, you will never see anything in it. You'll be blind. You, your mind will be closed. You make fun of God and Jesus and his things. If you don't change, you'll die lost. Completely spiritually blind and oblivious. But the moment you start showing some respect, huh? The moment you look up and go, God, you're God. And I'm I'm a created being dependent on your your mercies and, and life. At that moment, you'll start seeing things. You haven't seen before. You'll start understanding things. And the further you go, humbling yourself before the mighty hand of God, He will exalt you. He will lift you up, the Bible said. Glory to God in due time. And a part of that is showing you things and enlightening you and revealing His things to you. But He, does, he said, don't cast your pearls before swine. Don't give that which is holy to the dogs. What does that mean? Don't give precious things to people who don't appreciate them, who don't want to see them, who don't want to hear them. Let them stay. Let him that's ignorant be ignorant still. If you don't want to see it, let them stay in their darkness. But the moment you say, I want to know, and I do respect you, your eyes begin to get brighter. Hallelujah. Somebody said out loud, Lord, I, I do respect you. I submit myself to you. I humble myself under the mighty hand of God. Hallelujah. Thank you for enlightening my darkness. Oh, hallelujah. Well, our time's up again today, but... 
How many think we're, we're learning more of his ways? Do you believe that? We are. You can see it. We'll come back tomorrow. We're just getting introduced with this. We'll see you soon back here in Faith School. I've got the victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941 702 7390.